Everything F1. Driven by the fans. For the fans. one podcast today we're previewing the mexican grand prix we've got a lot to talk about so stay tuned And welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller. Alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? Hello, I'm well. Good. Uh, we've also got Tom. How are you doing, Tom? Hello, I'm very well, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you very much for asking. And last but not least from the Everything F1 team, we've also got Sean. Hey, Sean. How are you? Good, thanks. How's it going? Very good. It's been a while since we, you've been on, actually, so good to good to hear your voice. It's been a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Mexico's a, always a good race. I'm excited to, to, to get into the, the preview for it. Yeah, because you're here, why not give us your first kind of expectations for the weekend? What are you expecting to see? Oh, drama. <laughs> um, I was only re-watching the, the 2017 race this evening. Mm. Sky were replaying it, and the drama, corner one, the Seb and and Max and Lewis all hitting into each other and Seven Lewis pitting early and it was all manic for is this the end of Seb's title chance it turned out to be yes I just hope for some some chaos at the start it's a ridiculously tight first corner after a ridiculously long pit straight I think it's one of the longest runs to, to, to turn one of the season um, mm. so I'm hoping for a bit of drama I think I think we're, we're we're due a bit. It's been when was Monza? It was a couple of races ago now. We're, we're due another uh, dramatic. Who was at fault? Collision between Lewis and Max. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Well, yeah, you never know. This season, it might happen at any race. Uh, even Toto Wolf uh, admitted to that uh, in the news this week. <laughs> He's going to regret those words. <laughs> it's going to be sent in Prost whoever's leading is going to cause a, is going to cause a crash it's like you just know that Lewis will cost himself the championship not that he not that he's dirty just because Toto's jinxed him to do that now <laughs> stupid yeah. comment to make it, it, it was certainly interesting uh, Tom what, what are you expecting from the week um, I'm expecting a Red Bull pole position for a start because right. history certainly tells us that they've gone rather well around this circuit this year. However, we said that Mercedes would be dominant in Austin and that got flipped on his head. So no one out there could be a Mercedes <laughs> one two <laughs> qualifying. But um but much like Sean said, that run into turn one, I am looking forward to expecting, hoping, praying just for some good wheel to wheel action going into that corner. Earlier on, I was watching highlights of the 2019 race when Verstappen, although he qualified on pole, he got a three-place grid penalty for ignoring yellow flags mm. at the end of Q3 and got pushed down to fourth. So he and Hamilton started third and fourth. Now, they had a really good battle into Turn 1. I'm hoping for something like that this year. And I do also wonder if Verstappen is on pole, it might actually be to his detriment this year. Because I think Mexico has got a very similar sort of characteristic to to Russia, mm. where that long run into turn one, you might end up giving a toe to Hamilton behind him. And obviously Mercedes have gathered back a lot of the pace which they'd lost earlier in the year. Mm. 
Yes, it will be interesting to see. Um, Coops, what what are your expectations from the weekend? You were shaking your head at various points during that and, and nodding your head at other points. So what what can we expect from Coops' side of the uh, the podcast? I'm shaking my head at it being a Mercedes 1-2. Uh, even though this season has brought us interesting races in Sochi and France, I just it's to do with the altitude in Mexico. It doesn't suit the Mercedes Turbo. Mm. So... It just, it just, it's one of those tracks that just doesn't suit the way their car is. It's a bit like really hot temperatures, which is another reason why they didn't do, they didn't win in the US. Anyway, so I'm expecting it to be more. I'm expecting it to be Red Bull, unless there's some sort of issue at the front of the track, like at the start. Uh, uh, Tom's right. The long straight isn't really good for a for a pole position because you're just cutting the air open to let everybody else pass you by the first corner. Uh, but yeah, I'm expecting it to be more Red Bull uh, than Mercedes. Uh, and it, I think the Mercedes cars, so the Aston Martin, McLaren, Williams and Mercedes themselves, mm. aren't going to feature quite as strongly. So this is a chance for Red Bull, a chance for uh, Ferrari to kind of push their respective challenges in the championship closer to where they need to be. OK, well, that's kind of your expectations. Let's just have a quick chat about Everything F1. You are listening to the Everything F1 podcast. We are available on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram, all at the handle at joinef one And you can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. You are also listening to us on this great podcast. So what we would appreciate is for you to hit the subscribe button and also leave a five-star review if your streaming service allows it. If we do have a five-star review, we'll give you a shout-out on one of our latest podcasts. So, the Mexican Grand Prix. So, the Mexican Grand Prix is at the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez. The first Grand Prix was in 1963, uh, and it's got a circuit length of 4.304 kilometres and a total race distance of 305.354 kilometres. The current lap record is by the other flying fin, Valtteri Bottas, uh, at 1 minute 18.741 seconds. Will we see that lap record fall this weekend? Uh, You never know. They've been falling all over the place this year. So you can catch the activities on track this weekend at the following times. Free practice 1 and 2 on Friday. Free practice 1 is 17.30 till 18.30 UK time. Uh, Free practice 2 is 2100 till 2200. That's 9 o'clock till 10 o'clock in normal 12-hour clock. Uh, you got free practice three on Saturday at five o'clock till six o'clock and qualifying at eight o'clock until nine o'clock on Saturday. And the race itself on Sunday at seven until nine. So another late one. Uh, so something we have to wait around all day if you're in the UK. Uh, and if you're in Mexico, perfect timings for you in the afternoon. Uh, I'm sure you'll enjoy the race. Uh, okay, so we've done our expectations from the race, lads. Um what can you talk to, uh, what can you tell me about your uh, your thoughts on the front two uh, championship contenders are they going to get into each other this weekend we'll go to you Sean yeah i think they will um i think usa was as close as they're going to get without touching um right. and i think you know we kind of touched on toto's potentially jinxy comment uh, that it's it's building and America, I was really exciting. I've always loved the Coda race. Um, mm. And uh, this was an, it was an especially good one um, last week. But uh, there was there was just this 
tension in the air of they were close, but no banana kind of thing. Um, I just think, you know, uh, they're, they're, they're building up to it. Something's going to happen again. Do you know, if it's going to happen, it's going to be in Mexico. It's a good track for overtaking with that ridiculously long back straight, uh, home straight. You know, the following races, Brazil, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Abu Dhabi, with the exception of Abu Dhabi, like the next three races after Mexico don't lend themselves well to overtaking. We can assume that for kind of Abu Dhabi, at least in Brazil. But Mexico certainly lends to overtaking. They're going to get closer to turn one, whether it's on lap one or lap 40. Something's going to happen. So I I hope they can keep it clean. I don't want to see another incident of a tire going onto someone's helmet. Nobody wants to see that, no matter who you want to win the championship. No one else wants to see that again. Um, <laughs> but, you know, front wing breaking here and there is no real harm. Um but uh, yeah, it's 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 going to be exciting. I actually quite like the the, the night races. It, you know, it doesn't kind of ruin your day if you if you you can plan your whole day. You can actually do something for the Sunday and then sit down with a glass of wine at the end of the day and watch Formula One. It's nice. Um, so I like this time of season every year when the, the races are all at a reasonable time of night. Not Australia when they're four o'clock in the morning. That's different. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think uh, I think after the 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 excitement of the the US and we've had a We've had a good run of exciting races recently. It's been a very good season. Even races that shouldn't be exciting, France, have been. Um, but Mexico should be exciting, and let's hope it is. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that they... We might see a surprise, though. Sergio Perez might finally get that home win. Who knows? He's been on good form lately. Mm. We'll go into him in a second, because I want to stick to the front two for the moment. We will go into the homeboy and his home race uh, in a moment. Um, Coops, what are you expecting from Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton specifically? Uh, I'm expecting it to be close. Uh, I wouldn't think there'll be an accident between the front two, purely because Lewis Hamilton's on the back foot. He's 12 points behind. We'll be on five races to go. Mm. Uh, this race in Brazil are not Mercedes' strong points or strong races. Uh, Qatar is a bit of an unknown quantity. The Jeddah is Saudi Arabia, again, unknown quantity. And then we're at Abu Dhabi which is another unknown quantity because they've changed the track. Uh, Organisers have said that'll be 10 seconds faster per lap. Wow. Uh, so he, he needs to play the kind of Professor Frost-style game. <laughs> if Max gets in front of him, he needs to kind of think, right, I'm going to have to play the long game. We're going to have to leave it to the tacticians. We're going to have to just try and chip away at some points. He can't dive in because if he loses something and ends up 10th and Max wins, you know, that's it. He, he needs to just do something to keep chipping away. And then, you know, hopefully we get to the last race. There's a couple of points in it and it's a one-race duel type thing. Uh, it's, it, it, he's not in the position that he's used to. So that may cloud his judgment. And it's the same for the team. The team have made a few silly errors this season. So it's Max is the one that seems to be a lot calmer with it all. Mercedes fans need Mercedes to have all that make all the right calls uh, and obviously Lewis Hamilton needs them to make all the right calls as well for it to be a, a trouble free weekend especially with that the kind of the thing that's hanging over them at the moment the, about the engine penalties uh, and possible engine penalties that they might incur I was going to touch on that there because you know they don't have to make all the right calls just as long as they don't make too many of the wrong ones uh, it's more about you can make a slight wrong call maybe a couple of laps too late or too early with a pit stop but you can claw that back but if you make a couple of things wrong over that you know mm. to be honest if Hamilton Lewis has to take an engine penalty he should take it in Mexico because it's not a track that they're good at 
in general. To be fair, I just looked at the stats. Is this the fifth running since they came back? I think. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, the last four that we've had, Lewis Hamilton's one two, Max Verstappen's one two. <laughs> so you know, I and there, there must have been a few shenanigans in that, but it's just not suited to their engine. So you know, it's only a five place grid penalty. It's not like you're ten, you're you're down way down the midfield. And you can overtake at this track, so it might yeah, so kind of negate the. back in there. But he might, they might not. They might decide to do it elsewhere. They might chance for luck. But then we could go back to 2016 and Hamilton's engine blowing, knowing that that's his championship away. So, you know, it's not a call that I would like to be in position of making. Uh, but yeah, this is all for... I'm still very much in the stand and the idea that this is Max Verstappen's championship to lose. Mm. He's been very, very chilled out. He's had a few moments... And just the way he's talked, I mean, the is it Monza? I'm a lot, I always take those two next uh, when they had when they had their coming together and the kind of Monza. The way he came over the the way he came over the the radio. Well, that's what it's like when you don't leave me space, kind of thing. It was a wee bit kind of you stuck yourself in there on purpose, you know. Hmm. It was like the old Max coming back a wee bit, but generally speaking, Max has been very much just kind of like, yeah, it's going on, mate. Do what I need to do. So it's. It's all it's all on Mercedes are on the back foot, which is going to be interesting to see how they deal with it this weekend. Okay, and Tom, we'll go to you. What are you expecting from the two top dogs uh, of the championship so far? Um, I'm expecting a pretty good battle between them. I do think we'll have Red Bull coming out on top, uh, much like the other two have mentioned. This track does tend to suggest that it suits the Red Bull car, especially to do with the aero, because the air in Mexico City is that much thinner. The Red Bull, even if it's in the past had slightly weaker engines when they were running the Renault units in the back, they still had decent results, Mm. um, even if the reliability then was pretty appalling. Um, 2019, Max was pretty damn good to um, to get the win in, uh, in, in Mexico, and I think that's where this sort of whole not stigma, but this whole thing of it's a Red Bull track has come from. Mm-hmm. I think if we'd have raced there last year, it would have been Red Bull would have been certainly close to another win. Then obviously with the massive improvements they've made this year and the Mercedes effective handicap they've got this year, mm. it's definitely favouring Max. Lewis is not going to give up though. He is still one hundred percent in this title fight, and anybody who dares to write off Lewis Hamilton more fool them than fool me, and I say that as a Max Verstappen fan, because <laughs> well, you don't. Are we are we due a Max Verstappen DNF? We haven't had one really uh, for since uh, Baku was was his last DNF. Is that right? Oh, uh, uh, Monza, Monza, yeah, Monza. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, Baku, Baku was his only mechanical failure though. Yeah, Monza that's, yeah, that, that's, Monza that's, that's Brit- kind of what I'm. Yeah, Monza and Silverstone were the crashes with Lewis, so he's only had one mechanical failure this season. Yeah, and to be fair, he's not had any mechanical failure that has been due to engine or suspension or the car. You know, it was obviously we saw him back at the time, just completely gave up on him. Um, so the Honda engine has been pretty spot on this it's year. It's been pretty bulletproof, um, yeah. and he's already he's already taken engine penalties, obviously because of the the aforementioned accidents. Plus, the accident that wasn't his fault in Hungary, he had to take an engine penalty for that as well, yeah. and. He did obviously mitigate a lot of that in Russia by ending at P2 in that mad race. Um, Mercedes will, I think, have to change some components for Hamilton at some point. I just don't see how that engine is going to last at the end of the season. Maybe I'm completely wrong. 
I'm not a race engineer. I don't know. I'm just a nerd who watches it on TV. But <laughs> nerd. I, <laughs> I really can't see how that engine is going to last in in the back of Hamilton's car. I don't think they'll have to swap everything, much like Coop said. I do think it will just be a case of changing the required bit, so that'll be probably a five-place grid penalty. And realistically, like Sean mentioned, I do think Mexico would be a good place to take it. We've got two unknown tracks coming up that F1 has never been to before. And we've got the reprofiled um, Abu Dhabi circuit, which Mercedes have generally been pretty good at in, in the past. So Mexico cut their losses just do what they can you can overtake around that circuit especially with that massive back straight um they they could get a nice slipstream work their way up through the field and it's not like they're going to the back of the grid it would be five places they go down so realistically it's probably going to be it's just going to be a good event i hope between the two title protagonists let's hope so let's hope it just just continues the season as it has been uh, so far and we've got something exciting to talk to uh, next week with our, our guest that's coming on which I won't go into just yet um, anyway let's move on to let's talk about Sergio Perez because you brought him up earlier Sean um, he is obviously the homeboy he is the one that's driving at his home race he's never had a victory uh, at his home race so it would be you know it'd be beautiful to see um, do you think Red Bull would allow him to have a victory uh, or do you think they'd say, come on, Perez, just move over to the side because Max does need this for the championship. And because Sergio is such a team player, do you think he would say yes? Or do you think he'd be kind of su- suddenly, oh, no happily inglés, no happily inglés. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of regret bringing Perez up now because I don't know how to answer that one. <laughs> um what I will say is he's on a good run of form. He's got podiums in the last two races. Um, himself and Max are the only ones to do that. Lewis and Valtteri have one apiece, but mm-hmm. both Max and Sergio have been on the podiums in the last two races. I was a little bit disappointed with his, how he dropped off in the US. I know he didn't have the drink for the whole race. He kind of stole that from Kimi. And that can't <laughs> have been easy. Apparently it was swelteringly hot in... And he was ill as well, in uh, the first thing in the morning. Yeah, but... All that considering, he was the guts of a minute behind at the end. Was he 48, 49 Four, seconds yeah, or something like that? seconds, yeah, yeah. That's a big gap, no matter how much you're struggling with water. Um, like, that's the guts of a second a lap. That's, uh, I don't think, I don't think not having water makes, accounts for any of that. It accounts for a couple of tenths a lap. It definitely doesn't mm-hmm. account for a second a lap. So... Yeah, and I think in the, in that sense, Mexico is maybe a little bit similar to America. So he seemed to, not that he struggled, he was on the podium, but compared to the front two, he struggled. That said, he was quick in qualifying. Uh, I think he was on pole for a lap and a half, wasn't he? Until Max came and mm. snatched it off him. So, and he had the pace all weekend. So even in free practice, he was quick. He just lost it in the race. So I would like to see him do well. I think we've mentioned this uh, several times throughout the year so far with um, that, as Martin Rundle likes to say, that that home field advantage being worth an extra tenth and a half. A tenth mm-hmm. and a half would have put him on pole in America by a tenth. So it was that close. So if he gets that, you know, extra boost, which everyone's benefited from so far this year, it is the thing. We we could see him on pole, but, you know, on the flip side of that, just to play, just play, sit on the fence here, We've already said pole is pretty useless. It's only run two out of the five races in Mexico. And bear in mind, those that first race was Mercedes in the dominant years 
yeah, the super dominant years. And so like Rosberg's only competition was the other Mercedes. Pole is not great. Do I think like as far as Christian Horner is concerned, the ultimate scenario for him is Max on pole and Sergio right behind him to swerve into Lewis and get him out of the way. Then Max, <laughs> then Max, then Max gets through turn one. Once he's through turn one, I don't think he'd be caught. I do think it's, it, and I, I, I agree to an extent that Lewis is the one who has to play it safe. Sergio does have a team game to play, but at the same time, still race. But if it came down to it, it's too close. If this is at the start of the season, yes, absolutely, there wouldn't have been an issue with them letting him win. If it's Sergio first, Max second, and Lewis is 10 seconds behind, yeah, they're going to swap the places. I don't think there's any question of that. It wouldn't be a popular result. I think Sergio would let it happen. He's there for podiums he, uh, and the odd victory if it comes his way. He's not there to win the championship. He's there for a big payday to say he could do it in a big team, and he's kind of doing it. And it would be a moral victory anyway, wouldn't it? Because because his home, his, his home fans would still... Like, you know, they'd celebrate it like it was a victory anyway. So although he'd like to be on the top step, it would kind of be a figurative top step anyway. And, you know, celebration. Maybe maybe Max would do the, the Michael Schumacher thing of dragging him up onto the top step anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can see that happening. I can see that happening. How about the other number two driver, Coops? Uh, Valtteri Bottas, is he going to be playing the team game this weekend? Is he going to be helping out or is he going to be a hindrance to Mercedes? Or Lewis Hamilton. I don't think it'll be a. I don't think it'll be a hindrance. I don't think it'll be a. I think it'll be a non-entity. <laughs> I don't think he. I think he'll just be there or thereabouts. Mm. I mean. I mean, if he if he suddenly for whatever reason snatches pole or gets, I think he has to put himself in the top four. If he's fifth, sixth, seventh, or whatever, like who cares? If it's like Max, and then it's Valtteri, then it's you know. Hamilton or whatever, then yes, he's going to slow people back. He's going to do what he can. But then the other side of it is, he's not in. He doesn't care. He's going to Alpha next mm. year. You know what they're going to do? Snack him? They already have. <laughs> and so I don't know. I mean, if he ends up in the midfield, he's going to do what he normally does. He's going to drive around, get close to a car, and just kind of stay there. He could surprise us and whack it onto pole. He won't. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on from uh, the, the top two teams. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, our, our beloved McLaren. Uh, uh, we'll go straight over to Tom, who turned the mute button, pressed the mute button quicker than Flash Gordon himself. <laughs> Flash Gordon is he quick? Uh, you want to speak about McLaren? It's in the name. <laughs> it's in the name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, t- Tom, what, what do you think uh, McLaren's chances of the weekend? Will it be in McLaren? kind of dominance over Ferrari or will it be a Ferrari dominance over McLaren? No, this weekend I think it's going to be a mix between Ferrari and McLaren. Um, if the Mexico circuit wasn't so high in altitude, I think McLaren would probably be in front. But realistically, with the struggles we've seen with Mercedes, I think it's fair to assume that at least some of those struggles will tie over to the McLaren team, obviously with the power unit and the, and the not too dissimilar kind of setup yeah um on the flip side i don't think ferrari are going to be sort of cut and dry above mclaren just because their car is just it seems fundamentally worse this year although they are within touching distance of mclaren there's only a handful of points Uh between the two teams i'd like to see lando sort of have a not not a resurgence, but I'd like to see him sort of pick back up in that form that he had mm-hmm. pre-Russia because Danny Rick has outscored 
and generally out-qualified him since about that Russian Grand Prix. So maybe Lando needs it perhaps as, as a little booster because he's been so good and so consistent this season. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of which Ferrari driver would come out ahead of, of the other, I mean, this season for them, we've just been picking a name out of a hat. Mm. Signs has been arguably more consistent, but Leclerc has had arguably more highs, especially with the almost win in um, in Silverstone. So, down to my head, I would probably say McLaren will come out on top, but I really don't think there's going to be much in it this weekend. Sean, Lando's due a good race, like uh, Tom mentioned, doesn't he? he? He's had a not a bad run of luck because he's still been there or thereabouts, but he is certainly his teammate has has kind of you know shown his maturity over him for the last couple of races. Very much so. Um, I mean, he has had his best run, his best results of the season in the past few races, but second in Italy. Mm. But yeah, since since Hungary, his results were retired in Hungary, fourteenth in Belgium, tenth in Holland, second, seventh, seventh, eighth. Whereas mm. if you look, the, the, the few races immediately before Hungary, fourth, third, fifth, 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 third, eighth, fifth, third, fourth. He was only out of the top five once. And now he's only been in the top five. He's only been in the top five once since Hungary. So it has been a total swing around. Definitely do a good race. Is it going to happen in Mexico? I don't know. It, it, it is a really hard one to call. Coops is shaking his head. <laughs> it, it is a tough one to call. I do think the Mercedes engine cars will struggle. Not that they'll struggle, but Mexico has always been the great leveler in the turbo hybrid era. Because of that altitude, it almost completely negates any power advantage they've ever had. We've seen Renaults, we've seen Hondas, we've seen Ferraris win there. No, we've seen Renault and Honda win there. But it's so it's not just a, a Mercedes track and it's not an engine track. So there, uh, as Tom rightly said, you know, if, if if the if the track was at sea level, yeah, McLaren would probably walk over it. It's a it's a track that should suit them. Okay, it's it's a nice balance of faster, higher speed corners, uh, kind of mid to high speed corners. If it was a little bit slower, I'd say Ferrari hands down, especially Charles loves those slow speeds. So again, uh, yeah, it's 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 maybe it'd be fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, McLaren Ferrari, McLaren Ferrari. It's really hard to pick. I, I'd like to see Lando do well. Equally, I, th- I think you know, Ricardo deserves another good result. He's only had that. He's really had that one, and it was the win. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's the midfield is going to be really interesting this week. You can't even count out the likes of Alfatari and stuff like that. But the Ferrari, uh, other than the top two, the Ferrari McLaren battle is for me the most exciting thing about this season. It's fascinating how close they've been. become. Off, it has off. been a very juicy, juicy battle between between the two, and there's yeah. only three three and a half points in it in the constructors' championship too. Yeah, which is which is insane. And bear that in mind, like like you said, like the, the Ferrari drivers have been neck and neck, and I don't think anybody expected that. We've talked more than enough about that. But mm. McLaren have only really had two drivers in it for the past four four or five races. So yes, that's really been down to Lando why it's so close, and now there's two of them in it. They should be starting to pull ahead. Maybe with two of them more more regularly in the five, maybe they can hold off Ferrari for for Mexico. I think from that from then on, it should favour them. The, the 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 final few tracks should favour them a bit more on Ferrari. So I think this mm. is the last one. If they can if they can pull a result out of the bag or even steal a result off Ferrari, that'll be third place secured for them. I think. Okay. Well, we've mentioned uh, McLaren and Ferrari quite a bit, Coops. Did you want to add just a quick snippet of what you think uh, between that that battle? I think it's more Ferrari than McLaren again. Sean touched on it. It's more to do with the engine and the altitude in the Mercedes power unit. 
I think it's going to swing towards Ferrari for that one. I'd like to be proved wrong because, as everybody knows, um, we're pretty much all McLaren fans to some extent. I mean, but the Ferrari powered unit has made a step forward recently, and with Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz, I mean, they just complement each other well. They, they race well. The cars just set up nicely. It's a nice car, and it's got a decent bit of power on it. And as Sean's also said, it's a good level at because the power isn't so good with Mercedes engines. I do think that although Ricardo won in Monza, I I think that his best race was in the US because he kind of looked into the win. He was first there. You know, if if Norris was first, he's winning because they're not going to battle each other for a one two. And he just he got mm. himself into that position. Fair enough. The sprint qualifying helped to kind of change things around. But in, in the US Grand Prix, Ricardo just. Just, I think, because he loves Texas so much. He's kind of home from home. He's settled. He's calm. He has a good laugh. He's relaxed. Mm-hmm. And he just he just outdrove. He done what we all thought he would do when he turned up at McLaren that weekend with, with Norris. Norris didn't help himself. Made a couple of wee small errors in the race. But it was never... Ricardo's beating Norris that weekend was never in doubt. It was just a really solid great race. And to touch on the Ferraris quickly, Leclerc... At the in America at the US race, I mean, it was it was brilliantly anonymous. It was it was that good a drive that you didn't really see him, and he was only ever seen by accident because the camera director mm. was a bit stupid. You know, there's a there's an attempt for a pass, <laughs> and he cuts to Ben Stiller and the Aston Martin garage. You're like, eh, hey, we do, hey. <laughs> yeah, we we can see him in dodgeball, yeah. or so we can put a but, DVD on if we want well, to see him. We want to see the race. Oh, what's the guy's name? The head Ferrari guy again. Totally forgot his name. See Bernardo. Bernardo, yeah. Uh, I could see his face, uh, but I couldn't remember the name there. But he, he even said that Charles Leclerc's race at the US Grand Prix was his best all season, and you never saw it. I don't remember really seeing him, other than the first lap when the four, the, you know, the, the McLarens and Ferraris were battling each other, and we're all, and I'm sitting thinking they're going to crash, they're going to hit, oh, oh, and oh, and then they didn't. After that, you didn't see it because it was just such. Mm. A, it was in that. Max Verstappen kind of no man's land where, you know, up until this season, the Mercedes cars disappeared. Then it was Max Verstappen on his own and then everybody else was just kind of behind. He was just in that wee bubble and got on with it, done a great race. So I think it's going to be for, I think it's more swinging slightly more towards Ferrari for for Mexico. Okay then. Let's move further down the Constructors' title uh, standings at the moment uh, and talk about the Alpine team, Tom. Um, currently on 104 points, obviously too far away to uh, to be considered for the third, third place, third or fourth place. Um, that's very clearly going to be McLaren and Ferrari, but AlphaTauri are kind of sneaking up behind them. They're then they're at 94 points. What what's your opinion between those two uh, and and the the battle for fifth? Uh, do you think Alpine will be kind of as consistent as they have been? You know, Alonso performing fairly okay, um, kind of having a few good point scores here and there. Um, and Ocon just just plugging away the way the way they have been really. Um, or are you expecting AlphaTauri take some points away from them this weekend? I wouldn't be surprised if AlphaTauri do take a bit of a chunk of points out of Alpine this weekend, mm. given their close ties to Red Bull and with the Honda Power unit in the back and their sort of cars philosophy. Whilst it's not quite as aggressively designed as the um, as the main Red Bull car itself, it does mm-hmm. still share some of some of the 
design philosophy of, of the rebel car of um of years gone by and i believe this year they, they're also actually using some components from the red bull car from last year as well mm. i can't remember exactly what components but i do remember seeing that there was some crossover in terms of the championship fight for those two overall you said that they're fighting for fifth and i think that is that is all they're going for mm-hmm. alpino realistically out out of the out of the round to the scrap for third and to and whoever loses that scrap for third out of the out of Ferrari McLaren, um, Alpine are not going to get enough points to then overtake that team. They are just too far behind, barring some sort of significant incident. You know, if we have another repeat of Hungary, then there's a possibility. But I don't expect to see it in the in the rest of the season. Um, they're, they're 145 points clear from that that fourth yeah. position, so they're, they're not going to score that in five races. You need a hungry no. crash in every race. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, you need, exactly. You need yeah. Arcade to win every race from here to the end of the season. Yeah, it's it's, it's just it's just it's just not going to happen for Alpine. Um, but and, what about what about Gasly? Because uh, he, he had a really uh, unfortunate. Obviously, DNF uh, in the last race in Cotter. Um, he's going to be looking to to kind of make up for that, isn't he? You know, Gasly has effectively led the team this season. He has scored pretty much all the points, and Gasly will be looking to bounce back. Um, he has been one of my drivers of the season, apart from the top two and mm-hmm. uh, Lando Norris. Um, but Gasly has been uber uber consistent this year. He got unlucky with that mechanical DNF. It, I'm not entirely sure what happened. It just looked like the suspension gave up as he went over one of the curbs back at Cota. So he'll be looking. He'll be looking to bounce back, looking to get back into that top ten in qualifying. Mm. Knowing, knowing Gasly, he'll be P6 and Sonoda will be P16. That just seems to be how it goes this season. Um, and then, yeah, it, it'd be it'd be nice to see Gasly back up there, getting points for the team. Sonoda, if he had got more points this season, AlphaTauri would really be in that scrap for fifth. But he's just not been there. It'll be interesting to see what he does next year. But for the rest of 2021, I'm not expecting an awful lot from him. Okay. It's, it's interesting to say that. I just wanted to jump in just on Alpha Terry, if you don't mind. Just on, on that, I, think I was just looking at the, at the comparison between um, Gasly and, and Sonoda. Gasly's up in ninth in the standing, Sonoda's then in 14th. You're, you're absolutely right to say Gasly has carried that team. What I would say, though, is. I don't think it's necessarily that Sonoda is underperforming. I think it's that Gasly is wildly overperforming, overperforming every yeah. single week. That car is not as good as the and the Alpines are great. The AlphaTauri car is not as good as the Alpine. <laughs> on, on on pace alone, Alpine should be comfortably fifth. It's as much to do with their own issues and Gasly. I don't think, like I said, yes, you know, Sonoda maybe should be tenth a few more times. And scraping the odd point, the, picking up the, the the final point or two, maybe fighting the Astons a little bit more often for that final point. I think that's where they are on pace. Mm. Um, so I think he has a little bit more improvement to do in that sense. But the fact that Alpine are only ten points is it off? Or sorry, Alfatari only ten points off Alpine is more to do with how Pierre Gasly is arguably the driver of the season, all things considered. But you have mm. you have to remember, like he's always there sixth sixth place in qualifying on softs. And I think that's something we forget all the time is he's getting through to Q3 on softs when almost everyone else is always on mediums. 
So in that sense, the alpha, the alpha, the, the alpha is that half second to a second slower than those mm. top teams. And it is just Gasly massively outperforming it. And arguably he does deserve a seat back in Red Bull, whether it's best for him. I don't think so. Um, mm. But I, I think, I think we should be praising him more than we're slamming Yuki, if you know what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I agree there. It, it has been consistently, you know, up there, outperforming and, and putting that placard in places that it, the car shouldn't be. Yeah, it, it's it's a testament to to Pierre Gasly's talent that he that he's doing so well. Coops, can you tell me a bit about Aston? What what are we expecting from Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll this weekend? I don't know. Aston Martin are like um, weird kind of they're a weird kind of situation just now. They're not in the back end along with Williams and Haas, which well, it'd be quite hard to get down with the Haas team to be honest. They're not any. They're not. I don't. I can't remember where they are in relation to Alpine. Alpine seem to have found a bit extra, or more to the mm. point. Alonso's found more, more extra. They're forty-two yeah. points behind Alpine at the moment. So they kind of stuck in their own wee kind of bubble. They didn't have a particularly great ra- race at Quota. I mean, Vettel had a good race on his own from the back of the grid to get into 10. But again, I think they're going to be hampered slightly more by the fact that, by again, the Mercedes power unit. I mean, I'm laying it all on the Mercedes power unit. They're going to end up with all the Mercedes drivers in the top 10 and completely wipe the floor of that opinion when, I come, when we come on to the It could be a Mercedes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 now, watch. Yeah. <laughs> George Russell will get a point as well. Well, he's getting a point every race and we actually forget to talk about it now. So it's yeah, true. a big deal. <laughs> you know, uh, what will happen is Mazepin will only be lapped four times and that's an improvement. So, yeah, that's the man. I don't know. You know, I think for them, get themselves into the points, both of them, make sure they don't hit each other because they've done that regularly this season. And that should be decent. Get You know, just they're not going to lose where they are. They're not going to gain much. Decent race for them, I think. Uh, touching an Alpha Tauri, I'm really angry at Sonoda because after the first race, we were all really excited. We're hyping him up, and he's done sod all since, except cause a pretty expensive repair ball. <laughs> yeah, he, he's had a couple of couple of good kind of defensive drives over the last couple of races that we could of note. Yeah, he does. He does mm. have a bit of talent there, and I mean, yeah, I'm, I think we just we just got to be a bit hyped for him. He got he was his debut race. He's he's not got a particularly you did. lot. Well, Okay, I did. He's not had a lot of races. I mean, Martin Brundle did. A lot of other professionals, quote-unquote, did too. Uh, so, you know, and he's just he's, he's turned into a bit of a rookie. For a, for a driver to actually come out when he got his contract for next year and say he was surprised he got it because he's crashed a lot, you're like... <laughs> Oh, yeah. keep that to yourself there, but yeah. No. Uh, you, you, you've got to love his honesty, though. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. I love it. Uh, I love so it. When he goes into the pen and they talk about the car and he goes, they're doing something different with that car and not mine, you know, the engine, the garage. So then two laps into the race he was at, he ends up retiring for a mechanical issue. Like, mm-hmm, okay. <laughs> you know, someone, le- someone left a crisp packet in the wrong yeah. place, didn't they, on purpose? Uh, let's, let's, that'll teach you. <laughs> he's got there's something there I mean I think he's he's came into the Red Bull fold at the right time because they've got no other drivers left <laughs> so he's been given his other couple of years you know next year will be a big thing because those cars from all intents and purposes I think Lando Norris has came out he's been on the the, the simulator with the car they're not quite as nice to drive a bit trickier to drive which is good because they're supposed to be the top 20 drivers in the world mm. you know so we want to see them 
not cruising around, you know, with the active suspensions and all the trickery and all, you know, they had the launch systems at one time or another. You know, we want a wee bit, like, we want to see them fighting them, being knackered when they come out of the, the, the end. Like, you, know, you put in a shift. So it'll be interesting next season. It'll either really make or break them, I think. It's like it's going to make or break a couple of folk, to be honest, next season. Mm. Because if they're purported to be as difficult as they are, and they're not going to be as slow as people think. Yeah, there was the there was the article. Um, was it Ross Braun that said actually that in in this in the sim race sim runs that we've had that that they're, they're looking just as quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know, if, if only Nick, a few ten, Nicholas, tenths down. Nicholas Tombasas, I think, came out and said that as well, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That they that they were expecting the the times in in Bahrain to be within only half a second. Wow. Well. Yeah, yeah a lot of people think that's an outlier because Bahrain is a big, wide, fast track that the ground effect is going to have virtually no difference on whatsoever. It'll be mm. Australia that we'll see a real difference. But uh, that'd be that'd be great. I'd love to see some lap times go crumbling with the new cars. Absolutely. Uh, and if they're only half a second down by the start of the season, by the end of the season, we they're... should be seeing those sorts of times. Yeah. Uh, let's let's move on. Well, we've got a couple of other teams that we have obviously haven't mentioned. Are you expecting much from uh, Kimi Raikkonen? Uh, this weekend, Tom? Not really. Um, he's basically <laughs> winding down to retirement. Um, his car's pretty uncompetitive. Uh, he's just going to dawdle around for, what, five more weekends and then probably go go home to Switzerland, I believe, where he lives. Um, you know, we, we we saw him say it in Drive to Five, what, about two years ago now, that it's just more of a hobby for him. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that was funny. So, best hobby in the world. Was, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd like to, have, I'd like to have a hobby of driving, you know, in, in the most prestigious most racing series in the world. But getting but twelve, alas, 12 million dollars for your, for your hobby or whatever it is, yeah. is on. Yeah, yeah, good. I, I that know. So. To survive, but it was still good because everyone else was very pretentious. So it's life. It's this. It means the world. Then they cut to Kimmy. <laughs> hobby. They cut to Kimmy. He was just a little bit more of a hobby. It's the same yeah. when asked about why did you pick the number. They told me to pick a number, so I picked seven. Everyone else is like, oh, it's my mother's number, or it's my birthday, or it means this. And he's like, what's the significance of the helmet, Kimmy? Oh, it protects my head. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff, stuff like that. That that's that why we love Kimmy. But yeah, but for this season, you know, he'll just he'll, he'll just he'll just trundle around, get laps, maybe have an engine blow up, and and eat ice cream. Yeah, and have a <laughs> shit. That too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that has happened in the past. Sean. Literally not Sean. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Come to me to follow that one. Thanks. <laughs> Sean, what are you expecting from George Russell? Are we going to see another point? Uh yeah, I wouldn't put it past him actually. I think let me see. Where's he scored points at? Hungary, Belgium was a good one. Well, Belgium doesn't count, sorry. Italy and Russia, though, he scored points there. They're big, long, fast tracks. So is Mexico. He's Really grown, for want of a cheesier term, in terms of Formula One driver, he's really grown into the season. But he very much has. Turkey and USA were a little bit, you know, kind of busy as usual. But Turkey was wet and USA was never going to suit that car. It doesn't have great downforce, but you don't really need it in Mexico. It's a really thin air track anyway. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd stick a fiver on George to, to steal a point and, you know, maybe even, you know, two points and have Nicholas Azifi in there and we'll have all eight Mercedes engine cars in the top ten coups. <laughs> To, just to make us look really stupid. Oh, yeah, the engine's not going to suit this at all. The yeah, Mercedes are going to be at the back. Be, be sure to use that clip for the promo of this episode. 
We should do, shouldn't we? Is there anyone else that you want to speak about, Coops, before we move on from the Mexican preview? No, we could just say that the has team turned up, can we? No. Yeah, they they will turn up. Yeah, let's hope Mick. Let's hope, let's hope Mick has some more kind of. You know, he might have a a, a Q two. Uh, qualifying. Let's hope for that. The proud <laughs> American team raced in America under a Russian flag. Yeah, that, that was interesting. <laughs> uh, I mean, that was a bit awkward. There was an article that appeared on Twitter that was Mazzeo saying he's using the Has team as a stepping stone to a bigger team. You're like, <laughs> I saw that as well. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. You said he was, that, he said he was that... waiting for an offer from a bigger team. Yeah. Does that mean, does that mean he's waiting for his dad to buy AlphaTauri or Alpine or something like that? Because there's no other way, only, there's no other way he's moving up the grid. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's been a Mexican preview. Um, let's make our predictions then. We're only going to pick our top three. So I'll go to Coop's first. Top three, what's your prediction for this weekend? Oh, it's Verstappen... Perez Hamilton. Sean. I am going to say Max Perez Charles Leclerc. Oh. Tom. Uh I'm going to agree with troops and say Max Perez and Hamilton. Predictable. <laughs> and I'm gonna say Sergio Perez. No. They're going to allow him to have number, no, the, the, the top no, step. No, they will not. Sergio Perez. I want them to. I want them to. Sergio Perez. And the the only reason he'll get to keep it is because Lewis Hamilton will be in second and Lando Norris will be in third and Max will be a DNF somewhere. Ooh. Ooh. You heard it here first. I hope that's the only place we hear it. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll move on from the preview from the Mexican Grand Prix. As you can tell, we're probably all very, very much excited for, for the weekend. We hope it will be a great race. Uh, as we're always excited for every single race, maybe apart from France. France. Monaco. <laughs> I'm excited Monaco. for France next year. Uh, yeah, well, off the back of <laughs> this, this year. This year, yeah. But anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about the news, shall we? Are there any articles that have jumped out at you, Tom, uh, that you want to speak about? Not really. Okay. Sean, is there any news articles that have jumped out of you this week? Uh, Nico Rosberg is still backing Lewis Hamilton to beat the title, or to win the title, uh, oh. which I think is, I don't know, did Toto give him, a, a, you know, you know, mate, you won your title with us, say something nice about Lewis. <laughs> but the most interesting thing I read, other than that thing about Mazepin saying um, that, you know, he, he expects to move further up the grade, that was... That was it. Oh, actually, there, there was there was another just interesting thing I read just really, really briefly that every single racetrack wants a sprint race in 2022. They're all open. Uh, it. I, I, I felt the same when I read that, but I did think it was interesting that all the circuits are at least open to the idea of hosting a, a sprint. Because it gives them that it gives them that extra kind of uh, level of excitement for the Friday, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It gives them yeah. more crowds for the Friday. Which means um, more ticket sales, which means yeah. more, other, so, it's yes, it's more, more revenue for the circuits. Yeah, absolutely. It, exactly. ma- it, ma- it makes sense from a, a venue perspective. Absolutely. Um, Ross, Braun did, Ross Braun did come out and say, we are aiming for six. Uh, and the, the, the teams have decided that that's probably the magic number for next year. Um, uh, which which races would you want to see? Would you want to see the ones that we've already seen this year, or would you like to mix it up a bit and and see see it elsewhere? No, I think I think it needs to be mixed up a bit. I think um, 
I think it worked I mean, at Silverstone. I think it did work at Silverstone. I don't. I think we kind of expected it to work at Italy because you know it's the the the, the Temple of Speed. It's the home of overtaking, um, mm. and it didn't. And all Mark no, Brundle said all weekend was, "You can't overtake here." No, you can. Um, but uh, I, I think we kind of said this before after after Monza is like. The issue isn't really with where it is; it's the format of sprint races. It's that it, it needs, and I, I'm, I still firmly believe that it needs to be a case of, you know, yes, have a race on a Friday, but just commit to the reverse, reverse the top ten, do it like F2. It works in F2. I know Coop disagrees with me on this one, um, but the current format won't work at every track. It won't work at almost any track. But if they mm. want to spice up the racing, at least change it up and offer either no points for it or points for the top 10. Points for the top yeah, three we, makes no difference to the championship at all. That's what Ross Ross has said, that they're going to look into to give more points out for the uh, the sprint races next year or mm. the sprint qualifying next year. I yeah. do think they need to sort that wording out as well. Yeah, it, it's do. a race. It's a, a bloody race. race. Yeah, I, and on, on the back of that, I'm glad you mentioned about the name of it, Tilly, because how on earth can you award award points are qualifying it's yeah it just it just doesn't make sense and mm-hmm. f1 sorted out yeah it's not it's, it's just i i just don't think it's working properly there's this the whole sprint thing it all, all it does is turn into the first sort of pit window of a race mm-hmm. and then by the time people start bunching up at the end of a sprint event it's when people start pitting so unless it's a circuit where people can go wheel to wheel every corner, every lap, it's not working. Well, the one no. thing is, if that that might, the new cars might lend themselves. Very to that. true. The yeah, new cars might lend themselves to that, and may, maybe like I, I think also like Ross, like you said, Ross Brown said that they're, if they're going to give uh, points for even the top eight or whatever, that that encourages a bit more racing because realistically, for the two we had this year, the top three want those extra points. Lewis to Max mm. want those extra points. Outside the top three, it makes no difference to you. If, if you're in fourth, oh, cool, I'm in fourth. Yeah, great, okay. I'll stay in fourth. I won't get a point. Apart from your, I'll start apart here from to, your starting position. I'll start here tomorrow. No, yeah, it. but if you can hold on to fourth, great. If you're in ninth and you know eighth is 10 seconds ahead of you, you're not going to push to get that. There's no point. No, no exactly. You, for it. You, you, you're just going to turn the engine down. Exactly. You can even do that these days. Exactly. My format then for the, for what they should do, and I did mention this on my previous when, when we were talking about it earlier in the year. So I apologise for those listeners that have been with us for for that long. You probably heard this, but thank you very much for sticking with us. I think it should be free practice one uh, on Friday morning, qualifying session for the sprint race. Actually, call it a race and have a sprint race on the Saturday morning, and then have a qualifying for the race in the afternoon on the Saturday for the race. Big big time race on so the have Sunday. Two, have two qualifying sessions. Two qualifying sessions because I love qualifying. Everyone yeah, that'd loves be exciting. qualifying. That'd make Monaco more exciting. Yeah, <laughs> it'd make a lot of. It, you, you could have that at quite a few places, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, we, all know, good idea. we all know that all the all the drivers and all the teams struggle the less practice they have. They only had one practice session mm. where they're not going to focus on qualifying because they can't. They have to focus on the race for practice. They're all going to be out there for the whole hour. And then qualifying will be a bit of a an upsy-daisy, at least the first one will be, because none of them will have practiced for qualifying except maybe one banker lap at the end of practice. I think that'd be really mm. exciting. And then they'd all be screwed for the race because they won't have a clue <laughs> what they're going into. I mean, they can give them an hour and a half if they want in free practice just, just for the sprint re- weekends. But, you know, just to give them that extra bit of practice time if they mm. really needed but yeah i we all we've all seen with uh, less practice 
uh, you get more mixed up results. And why do they need all that practice anyway? They've got little simulators. They've got all that data from mm. previous races. It's uh, yeah, that's my that's my two pence anyway. Um, Coops, have you seen any articles that you want to speak about this week? Uh, I think I'm not sure if we touched on it last one, but the the Andretti takeover of Salber's not happening. Ah, yes. Mm. Uh, it was always only a rumor uh, at the time, wasn't it? But now it's kind of seemed to be the well, the rumor think... is that it's it's off the table again. I think from the Andretti side, it was a lot further on than it was made. Than it, it was made out to be further on than it actually was. Right. Uh, the the Swiss billionaire, which I can't remember his name, uh, all of a sudden, who owns the team more or less. Uh, it's a very he's a very private guy. You don't see him about. I didn't even know he owned the team until I was uh, reading up about the, the situation. You mean it's not Peter Salber? No, it's a Swiss. Consortium or something, investment group that have owned them. Fair enough. So basically, what it was, what it seems to have been, was that Andretti uh, Motorsport went to Salba, said we want to buy the team. They came up with a figure, seemed to be okay. Then, as things, as they sat down to really look over the nitty gritty of it all, the the guy whose name I can't remember has uh, said he wanted fifty million dollars a year for the next five years, paid up and up front as a guarantee for investment, you know, to make sure that the team survives because, look, there's no guarantee that Alfa Romeo will stick alongside, mm. you know, Andretti Motorsport and stuff like that. Which, from what we gather, Andretti was like, well, no, we're not paying that. And that's not a that's not a dirty trick from the Salber side. That's something that's done. I think it was done in a... I think Williams did it when they sold it to Doralton Capital, a kind of promise or a guarantee that they would do that certain level investment. There was other teams that have done it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's now back kind of off the table. Uh, whether Andretti pop up at some point in the future, uh, we just won't know. Uh, it kind of now calms the waters down for the last remaining seat to be kind of filled. Uh, and it could be filled then uh, by anyone, couldn't it? You know, we've got... Quite a, quite a few well, names in contention. Yeah, uh, one uh, Ran Hujo is one of them. He seems to be kind of up there, there or thereabouts. Oscar Piastri kind of said it's definitely not happening. It's a shame because uh, he's the one who Fred deserves Russell's it. Basically said yeah, absolutely, yeah. Deserves it. Yep. Fred Russell said no, basically because of the Alpine ties. He wants somebody long term with no ties to anywhere else that he could lose in a couple of seasons, mm-hmm. uh, which I can understand. That that rules out Guan Yu Zhou as well, though. If he turns if he turns around and takes Guan Yu Zhou, then he's just outing himself as chasing the money. So that was a bit of a stupid comment for him yeah. to make. Yeah, Guan Yu Zhou has been in F two and not really set it alight. Mm-hmm. He's been in F two for three or four years. Though, years. Yeah, but he comes with yeah he, he comes with at least thirty million a mm-hmm. year in Chinese backing. backing from the Chinese kind of sponsors that he has, and that's a fair amount. Uh, I mean, Alfa Romeo have already said this year that they're going to increase their spending to the salary cap, which they haven't done. So they're they're already up in their spending to I think it's 145 million. Mm-hmm. Right? 140 for next year. 145 for this year. And then it drops down as Sean says there. So uh, that's an interesting one. One article that did appear that I was a bit kind of like I don't really care, but I'm kind of mentioning it is everyone was making a big thing about the fact that Daniel Ricardo has a girlfriend. I'm like I, I couldn't care less. Why? The guy has millions of pounds in the bank. He's not unattractive. 
I would expect him to have a girlfriend. And they're like, look, he's got a girlfriend. Like, who cares? So he's off, he's off the market, is what you're saying. For any yeah. any Daniel Ricciardo, apparently you know, so. hangers on that maybe, maybe thought they might have had a chance. Well, you know, I, it's just as bad as when Lando Norris is pictured standing next to a girl. The Twitter world goes mental, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. And then find out who he is and start tweeting bad things about them. Like, get a grip of yourself. Coops, to be fair, I think part of the reason that people actually took notice of the Danny Rick thing is because it's apparently Gerhard Berger's daughter he's going oh, out with. Ooh. Well, yeah, I was going to, I was going to say there was that kind of thing, yeah. but again, I couldn't care. No, this. exactly. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Just, just, just let the drivers have a private life and. It might mean it's it's been a, a, a good thing for him and his and his racecraft. Maybe it's it's put him in a a, a a nice state mentally, and that's why he's come into the last later part of the season. I don't think Daniel Ricciardo is that type of person, mm. to be honest. I don't think he really he kind of needs that calming influence. I mean, he, he was winning a lot more races back when he's uh, you know Red Bull, and I don't think there was any kind of issue about love life and stuff. I think Daniel Ricciardo is a type of person. He's a type of confident person that can just go on. Mm. Uh, yeah. If he's met Gerhard Berger's daughter and they've clicked and they're getting together, then good for them. Good for them. And it's going to be plastered all over. We're like, oh my god, like really. And have fun, fill your boots. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, the other one is that Williams are not taking a mule car to the test test at Abu Dhabi. Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was interesting as well. Um, Mm. They they said. The reason being is that apparently you have to make a mule car for to, to run the test. If you don't, if you don't make one, they, you can't run the tests at all. And they've said it's not worth the spend to make one car for one test. Mm-hmm. Apparently, every other team seems to think that it is worth it because it's two days of running the new tires, the new eighteen-inch wheels, which they've never run before, other than in super controlled and secretive Pirelli tests. So the teams themselves have no data on these wheels whatsoever. Um, alone the new like the, the simulators and all that are all great, but they can't really simulate tires that don't exist yet. Um, mm. So, you know, Williams have been touting all year that they've got this big investment spend and they can you know start to, to spend more and compete more. This to me is a huge red flag that all of that was maybe not so good as it might have seemed at first, and they still don't quite have anywhere near as much money as they think they do, um, and they are going to miss out on. It might only be. 16 hours, but 16 hours on tyres that are going to probably define a huge portion of at least the first half of the next season. Remember how important tyres were in seasons like 2012? And whoever didn't get the hang of them just didn't win a race. And if you managed to maybe get the hang of them once, you'd win a race like Williams did in Spain. Um, I think it's a massive mistake for them. It doesn't matter how much that meal car is going to cost them. They're literally the only team not going. They hassle a heavy pace them next year. It's a huge mistake from them, I think. Will they be able to uh, glean some data from the other teams and then just look at the data? Obviously, they're not going to be able to see what setups each individual team has, but are they going to get enough data from, from that? I, th- from... I, think, I think the most data they get is comparing lap times to the Abu Dhabi race, um, mm. which mm. is a bit of a red herring because... You know how it's like preseason testing. How much do lap times really matter? We all get up in arms if if uh, if uh, an Aston Martin is the fastest on day three of the second week of testing, and then Aston end up being the seventh quickest car. It means nothing. So I mean, I'm sure they'll probably send photographers out, and they'll have analysts at the track. 
trying to analyze how are they turning in? What does the balance of the car look like? But again, given that they're mule cars, they still won't even be what next year's car is. It's literally just, I don't think they're going to get much out of just watching. And I'm sure, I'm sure they will watch. I just don't think there's anything to be gained from just watching compared to, like I said, if nothing else, this is surely worth it to set your simulator up. That's surely what the, mm-hmm. what the team's plan is. It's a young driver test. It's not like Lewis Hamilton and Lando Norris are going to be, but Lando maybe could, uh, are going to be driving the test with Fernando Alonso. Um, but uh, like, if, if nothing else, this gives them that final bit of data into their simulators for next season, which Williams will not have. And they're going to lose pace to people like Aston Martin, who just invested an insane amount of money in their new factory and their simulator, who surely are going to have a milk car at this test. It's a stupid thing to do. Stupid, stupid, stupid mistake by Williams. And I feel really angry at them for doing it because I've been really excited for the return of Williams next season. Um, I'm sure Alex Albon's looking at this going, crap, I should have saved with Rebel. <laughs> well, he didn't have a seat at Red Bull, though, did he? Well, true. Uh, at the end of the, uh, unless it's a DTM. DTM. Um, okay, Tom, we did go to you very briefly. Uh, have, has there been anything else that you want to chat about, or should we wrap up this uh, hour-long podcast now? One thing which I read on BBC Sport by Andrew Benson is that um, Pirelli are reportedly on course for 2022 that their tyres are going to match all of the new sort of rules and regulations and that they're they're going to be harder and they're going to be softer and they're apparently everything which they have promised to deliver um they're not going to have as much issues with thermal degradations uh they're not going to overheat all the rest of it so apparently we can look forward to lovely new tires next season with the new cars to be fair i don't think pirelli had much i was going to say it's like we've met all the uh, we've met all the things we've been asked to meet. Well, kind of in your contract. Yeah, the, the, the 2022 cars will have tires. Good job, Pirelli. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it does feel like a medal for turning up. Is it the right size? Yeah. Did just jump to the local Halfords guys? Plug them on. We forgot them. <laughs> so I think that's all the uh, news that we've got to chat about this week. Uh, thanks very much for listening to the podcast today. We have been Everything F1. We are driven by fans for the fans and you can find us on all social media platforms. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. We are massive on Facebook, but we want to be big on all of those other platforms. So if you are listening to us, please give us a like on those other platforms and share a few of our posts to get us noticed. Um, you can also find us on our website, www, uh, too many Ws, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you're listening to us on this podcast Hit the subscribe button now if you're not already subscribed and get all of our latest content straight into your earlobes as soon as it drops. All that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening to the Mexican Grand Prix preview from me, James Tiller. From Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. From Sean. Thank you. And from Coops. Thank you. This has been the Everything F1 podcast. We'll speak to you next week where we interview Laura Winter and discuss the Mexican Grand Prix. See you there. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.